Welcome to the Wags of SCI podcast, where we discuss life, love, and caregiving after spinal cord injury. Hosted by Elena Pauly and Brooke Paget. Both of our partners are quadriplegics. And after connecting online in 2017, we began the advocacy and support group WAGS of SCI, which is an acronym for Wives and Girlfriends with Spinal Cord Injury. We know firsthand the challenges that come with living this lifestyle. And our mission is to spread education, awareness, and positivity from our unique perspectives. Us each week as we tackle deep discussions around balancing life as a caregiver and a lover to someone with a spinal cord injury. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Wags of SCI podcast. Here we go. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Wags of SCI podcast with their hosts, Elena Polly and Brooke Paget. Today, we have a special podcast for you, and it's going to be quite short because we want to get to the point of this, and we want to just kind of send not really an alarmist uh, warning to members of this community, but more of a information-based heads up that this is happening. And what we're going to be talking about today is insurance and what has been happening globally over the past couple of years and the statistics that are now coming out about increase in not just all-cause mortalities, but an increase in life insurance and general illness insurance payouts that have been happening over the past year specifically. Um, We're going to reference an article that is very well informed, and we're going to talk to you guys about this and how, you know, this is not just impacting everybody in the world as a whole. This is, especially in the next 10 years, going to be impacting people in the disability community and people who actually really need the yeses from their insurance company and really need the medical supplies the most are going to be the most impacted. And we're going to provide some tools for you as far as what you can do to help yourself and your partner. So this is going to be a really informative episode. Firstly, we just wanted to send obviously a big shout out to Robin Wishart of Wishart Brain and Spine Law for sponsoring this episode. Her and her team at Wishart law spend a great deal of time with our couples and us personally on our cases they specialize in brain injury and spinal cord injury and they know about the caregiver life but they know about our life in general and they've been working with us over the past three and a half years they are the official advocates of this community and they can help you with anything from letters of medical justification to finding resources in your area to looking into your insurance benefits to make sure you're maximizing what you can get. So if you want to learn more and you want to get in touch with Robin, please visit brainandspinelaw.com or you can go to wegsvesti.com and click on the legal resources tab where you can learn more about what she does for us and for this community and how she can help you. Secondly, Annalisa and John need a shout out because they have sponsored the podcast for the last little while and we are hugely grateful towards them and their company, Rolling in Paradise. So Annalisa is a quad quad wife. John is a quadriplegic. They live in Florida and they own this amazing company called Rolling in Paradise that specializes in adaptive recreational equipment. But not just that, they also provide support like accessories and pretty much anything you could ever need as far as wheelchair accessories they have. They also have a ton of resources. And like they always say, we are you is their slogan because they are us. So we all know how frustrating it is to go to a medical equipment company or a supply company and have them not understand your needs. 
Annalisa and John do understand, and they are available 24-7 to answer your questions. So please visit rollinginparadise.com and tell them that the Wags of SCI sent you. So <clears throat> today's article is called, so Brooke, you, you came across this article and you actually posted it on the Wags of SCI private discussion group. So we've had quite a bit of interaction from the women in our community speaking on this article that is called Mortality Crisis Insurers See Rise in Non-COVID Deaths. So COVID-19 rates will impact how insurers do business. And like Brooke had mentioned earlier, this will greatly impact the disability community. So our community directly. So why does this matter, Brooke? Well, firstly, we just wanted to say because of the amount of censorship that is happening right now, and this is not, uh, again, this is not trying to be alarmist. This is just giving you guys information. Um, Google and a bunch of mainstream search engines have proven to censor their information um, to streamline narratives in certain directions. And everything that is COVID related has been censored. However, uh, this article is from a reliable source. It's from Insurance Newsnet. And basically what this website does and has always done is they are uh, they provide membership to organizations in insurance and they provide the top insurance news and trends. And we use this website a lot when we are writing appeals and we are needing statistics about people in the community and just insurance statistics. It's really important to understand. And as we've explained in earlier episodes, I think episode 20, I'm not exactly sure on the number, uh, way back when in the podcast, we were talking about how to write appeals and how to advocate for yourself when it comes to insurance companies. So it's really important to know the statistics. And this website does that. So it's a really, really good resource if you want to take a look at it. So in order to actually find the article yourself, Go to a search engine like DuckDuckGo or Brave. Um, Those are two. DuckDuckGo is a little more censored than Brave is, but it allows you to comb through the searches without having any sort of um, big tech censorship in your way. So you'll be able to find this a lot easier. So what you could do is you can Google or sorry, you can search Insurance Newsnet Mortality crisis insures sea rise and non-COVID deaths, which is the tar- title of the article. And the article was published March 10th, 2022. So once you find that, you can um, look it up for yourself. There's a lot of statistics on here. There's a lot of um, links and resources that you can look for yourself because we are huge advocates of find it out for yourself. Um, learn what is censored and learn what isn't. And put your critical thinking caps on because all of these big systems, they work together. Insurance companies are hugely important in the economy, but they also are big lobbyers of the government. And once the insurance companies globally get involved in anything, there's big shakeups. And they're also exceptionally good at providing statistics about what is really happening because their their income depends on it. Um, So you can always get a reliable statistic from them because they make their money off statistics and they cater their insurance, um, especially when it comes to health, uh, according to what the statistics say. And so there's a lot of them that get quoted in this article. But the general gist of this article is over the past two years, since 2020, they provide statistics as to how many more people are dying than they did in 2019 and what are the causes. And so far, 
they have proven with statistics that there is an increased wave of deaths that is happening that is non-COVID related. So this is not from COVID. This is not deaths from the pandemic. Um, I know there was a lot of stuff happening and a lot of information going around in 2021 and 2020 about, um, oh, there's going to be an influx of people dying because of COVID. That's actually not true. The non- COVID-related deaths and all-cause mortalities in 2020 was actually lower um, because people were staying indoors and people weren't exposing themselves to germs and this and that. And so now what they're finding is across the board, um, other issues like heart disease and cancers are skyrocketing. And so they've tied it to, you know, these things aren't happening because of COVID, they're happening after COVID. And this is kind of a fallout Um of a lot of things. I think we are, we are huge proponents in believing that your emotional state has a lot to do with your health. And so, you know, regardless of what's happened the past three years, there are lots of things that you can do in order to help protect yourself and your partner by information and knowing and knowledge and informing yourself as to the trends and what's happening. But most importantly, what does this mean for um, us and our partners? What does this mean for, let's just say you're working with a private insurance company and uh, you're starting to see a lot more no's. And this is why we're doing the episode right now, because we're seeing a lot of people posting about this on Instagram, posting about this on Facebook, in our private group, but also publicly about how they're getting told no to things that they were told yes to just a few years ago. And these things are important things like catheters. Um, like I know there's been a lot of stuff on catheters, people, the insurance companies denying them and saying, you know, it's, they're too expensive. All of a sudden, after 10 years of using the same catheters, um, this also goes for important equipment. There's been a lot of posts about people being denied things that have normally been approved you know, for their friends and colleagues that have similar injuries and similar insurance companies. Now, all of a sudden, they're saying no to that. And they're having to fight a lot harder to get what they need. And this article points out that the the actual fallout hasn't really happened yet, but it's going to be over the next 10 years. So let's put on our critical thinking caps and talk about what this really means um, for us. And I know there's a lot of people out there that have different insurers, whether it's government or private. But here's the thing. They all get their, you know, they all get their medical equipment and their their medical supplies from the same companies. So it doesn't really matter what your source is. I don't know. Like, how, how do you think this will impact you guys specifically? Well, I mean, <clears throat> I, I always kind of like what you were saying. I wonder what the government programs will specifically do when their hands are tied, right? Um, even if you don't have a private insurer that you're going through to make all these appeals and ask for all these scripts and whatnot, like I wonder what the government program through like, let's say insurance through like dance schooling, the private insurance that way will do because a lot of these people that doesn't affect them directly. They don't know anybody who it does affect directly that they just sort of deny you and carry on. Right. And there can be a lot of bonuses involved with that, with saving people money and denying them. So it's a really difficult position. I'm just sort of looking over some of the comments on our private group. And one woman even says here, 
that they have found it considerably more challenging this year to make any claims. So this is already starting. It's already coming up, right? It's already a big problem. We're starting to feel the ripple effects of that now. I mean, what a lot of people would would have to do then, if let's say, for example, your catheters are being cut, then you have more health issues when you're not getting the proper equipment that you need. And let's say, you know, you're sterilizing your own catheters um, and you're reusing catheters and people are, you know, they're going to sort of pull back on that because they can't afford to have the proper supplies. So that means more injury, more hospitalization more strain on the healthcare system. And I think that's what we're going to end up. I mean, that's what the whole system is going to end up doing. We're all going to be really backed up, right? Yeah. I mean, there are so many implications to this. Like, I'm just like racking my brain as you're thinking about this and knowing what I know about insurance and how they are obsessed with recouping the money that they've lost. And they've lost billions from all of this. Um, All of these all-cause mortality insurance claims, all of these paralysis claims, new paralysis claims are on the rise. Um, New long-term disability claims are on the rise. Um, And all of these statistics um, are in this article and you can check yourself. Um, So uh, there's these diseases that are elevated, diabetes, hypertension, kidney disease, um, a lot of heart disease that is happening. And all of those require treatment, especially like kidney dialysis. It's hugely expensive, you know, to provide that for people. So, okay, needless to say, and I've looked this up in a lot of different, not just this website, just I've done a lot of digging on this and the amount of conferences that are happening globally right now, strategic conferences where insurance companies are saying, what are we going to do? The first thing they can do is train all of their insurance agents and their case managers to cut back, cut back. And what happens is, is the people that have to make the most requests, which are normally people with long-term disabilities or people that have serious injuries that need medical supplies regularly, you know, they're going to get more denials, they're going to have a lot more no's and they're going to, you know, I've, I've heard some stories from women in the community already about how they were denied. Um, I think it's an, like a super pubic catheter brand that it's like right next to their body. It's like an internal thing. They were denied the one that they've been using for a couple of years that is far superior than the one they were provided. So like you said, what is the long-term damage that is going to be caused by this to all of our partners? And not just that, are we going to have to provide more caregiving for them if they become sicker? There are so many implications, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's already like caregiver, caregivers already take away a lot of the workload from the healthcare system as it is, especially unpaid spousal caregivers that, that burnout is going to be surreal. Like it's going to affect every single person across the board because now family will have to step in to be those extra hands, right? That extra energy, that extra workload. So that I don't see it going to a good place, to be honest. I see this really, really taking a toll in hospitalization, like even more so than it already is. And even more so than it it did through COVID. Yeah. And it's interesting to me because I find that the Western medical system is very focused on a Band-Aid for right now, and they're not really focused on prevention, which is interesting. I always like to take a positive spin on what's happening. And I always like to think of, well, what happens when things 
get screwed up. More people are getting sick. More people are dying. More people need answers and they are unable to be helped by the systems that are currently in place that are so focused on the bottom line instead of people's health. What happens when those systems start really, really suffering at the hands of their their system that they created. What happens when they start not being able to help people? And in turn, these insurance companies just keep having to pay more and more and more and more to give these people settlements and give these people, you know, whatever it may be, pay out their insurance premiums. They're not going to be happy. So I kind of foresee a radical shift in the next 10 years of these systems and these policies and these insurance, the way that this business is done. I don't think it's going to be pretty getting there. I think it's going to be a real struggle because unfortunately humanity has to, for real change to happen, there has to be a rock bottom that's hit always. And it doesn't matter systems and humans alike. It's the same. You have to really have some trouble happen before change occurs. So it could be a really good thing. It could be a big shakeup of the systems that we've been struggling against for so long since our partner's paralysis that have really been brought to the surface, not just their issues, but caregivers in general. It could be a really good shakeup. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the whole thing about policy, right? You have to be able to challenge it and, and shift and change with the economy, with society and what people need because you still have to support these people. Right. You can't just they can't just be completely abandoned mm-hmm. because then that's like against all human rights as it is. Well, what's going to happen when everybody is sick? And, you know, I, these numbers are really scary in the article. Yeah. Like non-COVID related all-cause mortality below the age of 65 is up for 40%. That's a, a massive number. And of course, you're not going to see reports on that because it'll cause panic. Mm-hmm. However. We don't think that people need to be panicked in our community, especially if you inform yourself as to kind of what's coming down the line and what you can do about it personally. If you're thinking about this ahead of everybody else, you're not going to be shocked when these things start happening because they will start happening. Yeah. Well, it's good awareness, right? It's good awareness to be prepared instead of completely being blindsided and then realizing... Yeah. And then realizing that your insurance company has completely denied you and then you're screwed. You know, you have to prepare a little bit for the future. Well, and if you know kind of what's happening, you can stockpile certain things that you really need that you can, you can sense if your case manager is starting to get a little weird about something. Um, But then obviously inform yourself as to what your rights are um, and what your partner's entitled to, because just because they say no, as we've talked about in previous episodes, statistically proven that they are trained to say no the first time anyways. Um, there's going to be a lot more no's, obviously, but they're trained as a strategy to say no first so that you go away. Um, because 80% of the time, you know, it saves them money. You do go away, right? You don't know that you can appeal these things and you don't know what's med- that it's medical medically necessary. Like you were saying earlier, these case managers, they don't normally know what is medically necessary. They just say no right off the bat. So yeah. I think informing yourself as far as what your options are and that you don't have to accept no for an answer is always a really good thing to know. You don't have to accept no. You might, it might take you a long time to get what your partner needs, but if it's medically necessary and you can prove that it's medically necessary, a lot of these policies have not changed. It's just the way that these 
funds are given out has is going to start changing and has already started changing. So they can't just change a policy on you and say, oh, you know, unfortunately, he's this isn't medically necessary for him, or we've changed a policy. And without telling you, if you're insured for a certain policy, you have to sign off on policy changes, right? So it's not like they're going in and changing their policies and saying, you know, you spinal cord injury isn't entitled to this anymore. And there's only a certain amount of catheters that are needed. And this brand work with your doctor, work with your trusted advocates that you have in your network already. Doctors words are still gold, the gold standard, you know, even after the few last couple of years, doctors notes of medical necessity are still huge. We have an advocate, Robin, who can actually help with this too. If you're not getting um, what you need just from a doctor's note, which is very rare. If you're not getting what you need because of whatever reason, let's just say your insurer is really, really stubborn. Your doctor said it's medical necessary and they're still saying no. You can always get a letter justifying that and the legal reasons as to why it is necessary. Yeah, absolutely. So if you didn't catch that, we have Robin Wishart with Wishart Brain and Spine Law. Please email us if you would like to connect with her. She has been a great advocate for many women in this community. Um, she helped us get an accessible button for our old building installed a couple of years ago, which was like <laughs> a game changer. But I have a quick story about this insurance that you're talking about uh, being denied certain things. So Dan, through his private insurance, through school, through his education, he gets like an allocated fund, like every insurance, you get an allocated fund of, you can have your wheelchair replaced, you can have every so often, every few years, you can have certain things that they'll cover. So he went to order a new chair and the chair, the insurance company basically said, we will cover the chair, but we will not cover the cushion. So this is a prime example of people who are not wheelchair users who do not know about wheelchair, what, what the equipment is, but also cutting corners, right? So you you can have the wheelchair and the frame covered, but you don't get the cushion. So then again, like what you were saying, Dan called them back and he was so confused. He was like, I don't think they realize that I need the cushion. I need a seat. I can't just sit on my wheelchair without a cushion. So he called them back. And after going back and forth, being put on hold and managers getting involved, they did. They looked further into it and they Mm -hmm. did cover the cushion. So again, it was like the people on the other end are not always familiar with what what you your needs are what you need and you can appeal it and you can go back and you can say you know you don't have to be mean about it but you could say you know i'm not sure if you're aware or not but i need x amount of catheters as it is for my daily living for my daily supplies for my yearly supplies my monthly supplies right so sometimes it just takes a really you, you can be sweet about it but um, once again, it's just awareness and, and education is really key here. Right. Yeah. And not only is that, that they may not be aware because they don't suffer from disabilities themselves normally, it's also, they, they don't care. <laughs> like, I mean, I think, I think the biggest power tool that you have as someone navigating insurance is realizing that you are just a number. They make their bonuses off of how much money they save the company 
Um, every year, it's the same in most insurance companies. I mean, yeah, totally. we've, we've proven this in past episodes. Um, statistically, 80% of the time, you will just go away. You know, when someone is defeated and not empowered and who doesn't know, and, you know, a lot of the times these insurance companies can act like real bullies, right? They act like they're on your side at first, and then they start not getting their way or you, you're you not cooperating, and they act like bullies a lot of the times. And this I understand, true. you know, I understand they're just doing their jobs, and this isn't personal, right? I think that's really no. important to understand that these case managers are just doing their jobs. They are making a paycheck, and they're making a big paycheck for what they're doing. And that's yeah. fair enough. They can do their job, whatever. But you're just a number to them, so therefore you need to adopt, adopt the attitude of, if I'm just a number to them, then it has to be very impartial and I can act in a professional way, but I also need to not worry about hurting their feelings and getting what I need because you're doing your job as well, which is looking after yourself and getting what you need. Um, and yeah, to like I said, to put it frankly, these companies, they don't care. You are a number. I, I When I've filed appeals so many times for my partner and I've written emails, you literally have to type in the number. This person's name doesn't really matter. Right. Right. That's a, that's a good standpoint though. That's a good perspective to have is like, it's not personal. Don't take it it's personally. Not. And also fight for what you need because- it's so funny because it's like they're cutting corners on not giving people who truly need these basic necessities for daily survival, but then they're showing up, these case managers showing up with a new ro- Rolex on, you know, new, new vehicle, new yep. Yep. nice jacket. Yep. Right. I'll they're never, getting- I, I will never forget. <laughs> we were doing a home visit with our first case manager that my husband had, and she showed up wearing calfskin leather boots with leopard print on them. And she was driving a Range Rover and she showed up and we had, did not have a vehicle. We were sitting there just completely demoralized and defeated from the injury. And she showed up with her cute bag and her boots and her Range Rover. And from that moment, everything changed for me. I was like, okay, wow, this is not personal. They have very uh, big money coming in by doing their job and they're supporting a system. And that's their, that's their prerogative. I wouldn't choose that job. I was going to say, that would be a very difficult job to do, to know that you're cutting corners for other people. Well, and the thing is, is I've talked to a lot of people that are case managers in the community, the ones that are rare birds that actually do want to help people. And, you know, a lot of them do have the attitude where it's like, well, the system is the system. Regardless, I will do my best to help people as best that I can. There's lots that do have integrity. However, it doesn't matter because you still are a number to them, right? As much as they pretend to care. So I think having that attitude, let's just use Dan's story as an example. Statistically, 80% of the time, someone who received that news that said, oh, the cushion wouldn't be covered, they would hang their head and say, okay, there's nothing I can do about it. I'm disempowered. I don't have a say in this. They've made their choice. They've made their decision. Okay, now I'm going to go on Amazon or I'm going to go on AliExpress and I'm going to buy a wheelchair cushion because I can't afford a thousand dollar wheelchair cushion. Um, And they get this a hundred dollar, $200 wheelchair cushion that will be depressurized in no time that will have less than stellar foam and they'll get pressure sores. And the insurance companies, they don't see it that way. They see it as how can I save a buck right now? 
Yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> like, honestly, I'm laughing because it's just like so insane mm-hmm. that the, these are <laughs> this is where you're pushed, right? It's like to be once again hospitalized, to have pressure sores, and then you could be, be very, very seriously hurt. Right? Yep. And, and like, we know this. But they don't and they don't care. So no. And the thing is, is like, if we know this and we understand how the system works and we really familiarize ourselves with the numbers and the real stats, and if you do searches, um, it's very easy to find insurance statistics. It's very easy to find. There's lots of organizations online. We've outlined them in previous episodes where you can find statistics on how many no's are the percentage of how many no's and the percentage of how many appeals go through. And it's interesting because like we've outlined in other episodes, um, the time it takes to file an appeal and actually wait for the appeal to to uh, come back, not just that is you have to fill out everything correctly. 50% of the time or some crazy stat like that, uh, you know, that in other episodes, we talk about the exact percentage. Um, but 50% of the time, they throw out the appeal because the appeal wasn't done correctly or in the right time period, or they didn't get everything that they needed or a form wasn't filled out correctly. So they'll use any excuse to deny you. Um, but the numbers are so funny because when an appeal does get filled out properly, does get filled out within the time period that they specify, when it goes through, it's usually favorable when it's supported with medical necessity documentation and you cite their own policies. It's statistically, it'll be overturned. So let's talk about like how this, like what this matters for caregivers and spouses and partners of people with spinal cord injury. And um, because we were speaking about earlier about how, you know, if our partners get sick, if our partners have pressure wounds, if our partners are struggling from just even more UTIs. What does this mean for us? It means sleepless nights. It <laughs> means it means we're falling apart as well. And we already know there's no support for caregivers as as there is, right? Yeah. So what what does that mean? It well, means a collapse in the whole system. Yep. Because it means how, we collapse first, though. <laughs> yeah, this is true. This is very true. It's pretty scary. It's very scary. And even like this weekend when Dan had to go to emergency, I, you know, like we were sitting there in emergency, look, sort of looking around at everything and seeing what the nurses are doing and the doctors are doing and who's supporting who. And even still, it's like they relied on me to do the transfers, to do everything as it is. Even when you go to a place that is supposed to be full of healthcare individuals that are supposed to be there supporting you, there's they still rely on you. So I'm not really even sure. It means it means collapse in the whole system. That's that's the way I see it. It's you're, who are you going to call? You're going to call your parents to come help you. Your parents that are like elderly. Yeah, I mean, and it's so funny you talk about this, like because I haven't really gone to the hospital much for Evan since he got injured. Thank God, knock on wood. Um, but to hear that from you that it's still the same as it was eight years ago um, when we were picking up the pieces and doing the transfers and, you know, I would come to GF strong and his bowel routine wouldn't be done. And so I'd have to do it. And we'd both have to shower our partners uh, because they were so short staffed. I mean, nothing's really changed if it, it's actually gotten worse from what I hear. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's, it's different though, too, because this is emergency. Like we're talking about the rehab center and I think the rehab centers purposely try to make it more, individual based care where they want to try to get family involved as much as possible. 
they want the individual to know what it's like to leave right the rehab centers but yeah i was quite shocked you know and i think because we're so used to dan so used to me me doing these things that he just sort of said yeah yeah she knows how to do this she knows how to transfer right but i was sort of took a, a deep breath and i stepped back and i thought what the heck like why are we here <laughs> yeah so just once again it's like caregivers are there to pick up the pieces and like the re- so the reason we're doing this episode is because we want all of our followers wigs out there but also the partners in wheelchairs, partners with SCI, we want everybody to be informed as to what is actually happening that is not being told to them so that you can really understand how to navigate the system when it is in disarray, like it is it is right now. So we just want to make sure everyone is prepared and everybody understands that when you take a stance of empowerment towards insurance, towards getting the things that you need, you are unstoppable. Um. It just may take a little bit longer than you think. And that's another statistic that you can look up that um, they bank on the fact that you're going to get frustrated and turn away from the process and just settle for what they give you, right? So in the meantime, they're saving money just because they'll draw the process for a very long time. Um, And so our best advice is to inform yourself as much as possible. Inform yourself about your rights and the appeal process that is specific to your insurance company or your government program. They all have them. They may not be online. You have to request them most of the time because they don't want people to know that they can do that, right? And just understanding that A, you are a number and B, it's not personal and C, you know, take all the time you need to process these things and work the policies and work the system as best as best as you can but I remember the best thing I ever did for myself was get a printed copy of my insurer's policy handbook I think it was like 600 pages and I went through and highlighted everything that was of concern and I use it as a reference every time I get a no in writing they have to reference a policy so I will it's like my little beacon when they reference a policy as to why they said no to something I will go to that policy in the handbook and the solution is usually very close to that policy where you can say oh actually no it's this way or this policy doesn't make any sense. This is not in accordance with human rights or whatever it may be. You'll find a lot of information from the policies and the handbooks that they provide online or in print. So information, 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 talk to other WAGs about this. You know, there's don't give up. Yeah. Don't Don't. give up. There are so many WAGs in the community that have been through hell when it comes to appeals and they've actually succeeded. And they know the ins and outs and they feel confident. Build your confidence in dealing with these people. They want you to feel like you don't matter. They want you to feel like you're all dried up and you have nothing to give. You actually have the power at the end of the day. So if you inform yourself and educate yourself, you are really unstoppable. Um, So again, if anyone has any questions about anything or we're going to put the link to the article directly in the podcast episode details so you can click on that and read and, you know, get some of your own resources, share it with your friends and family, because, you know, a lot of us are dealing with sick friends and family members right now, too, um, mm-hmm. who are this going to benefit off this information. So it's just it's very important to spread awareness 
um, especially in days when things are just so very censored. Well, especially when you are like what you were saying, like when you are sick, you don't really have the energy to fight a lot of the time. So you have to start somewhere to start looking into it now. I remember like when my mom was sick for years and years, she didn't tap into so many different things that she could have because she just didn't have the energy and insurance companies know that, right? (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, again, we're not meaning like, as we said earlier, these people all have jobs to do. Mm-hmm. You know, we always talk about how it's not the person, it's the system that they're working within that is the issue that has to eventually crumble. And the only way it's going to crumble is if we all band together and we know our rights and we know that information is power and that we are all critical thinkers and we can all navigate the system and change it. Yeah, absolutely. So once again, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Wags of SEI podcast with your hosts, Elena Pauly and Brooke Paget. And if you have any questions for us, please feel free to email us at wagsofsei at gmail.com. And we will definitely refer you to our legal advocate, Robin Wishart with Wishart Brain and Spine Law. If you have any questions for Robin, just let us know. Cheers. Cheers.